Guys, I'm just gonna keep it real with you. The nacho parenting approach is nacho best option. Sure, our role may have its limitations and from time to time we experience conflict, but that doesn't mean we fall back into a mode of self-preservation. Instead of the conditional approach of not my kid, not my problem, let's move toward the unconditional and look the challenges in the face and say yes to our roles and yes to our responsibilities. Welcome to Blended. I am your host, Jeremiah Wallace, and my goal is to see blended families thriving. If you are navigating this experience, then you're in the right place. This podcast is purposed to provide support, information, and the encouragement that we need to fulfill our family's potential. What is happening, Blenders? Today we're going to talk on a subject that I've been wanting. I have been yearning to address this topic for quite some time, and we are still in the series Being a Step Parent. I believe this episode and the one to follow will be the last of this series. I feel like it's been good. Let a brother know, okay? But we are going to be addressing the problem with nacho parenting, and I'm going to let you know that this is going to be a two-parter. So we're going to talk on the problem with nacho parenting, and the next episode will be how to avoid becoming a nacho parent. Now, I am going to try my best to be on good behavior as I address this subject. It is one of my greatest pet peeves in life. I don't know if you've already picked up on that in the first minute of this episode, but the concept of nacho parenting is something that I reject pretty much entirely. Obviously, we are going to get into why it is a problem, but just know that just the full disclosure, I am not a fan of the practice of nacho parenting. I think it's absolutely ridiculous. And again, we're going to get into it. I'm trying to I'm trying to hold myself (laughs) back right now. I've been looking forward to talking on the subject. But for those of you that don't know what it means to be a nacho parent or you have not been introduced to the idea, number one, congratulations. <laughs> the way to avoid this pitfall that so many people have fallen into, it does not serve the blended family unit, but you can blatantly sum it up as nacho kid, nacho problem. So the people that came up with the concept were obviously very tactful and creative in their approach to parenting. But if you want to get a bit more descriptive, in my opinion, it's like a conviction that as a step parent, you are functioning in a way that is not equal to the other parents that are present in the child or children's life, but you are lesser than. It is the assuming of a role, but not functioning within that role. Again, it's not my kid not my problem. And something that I want to do is I want to read a description of a Facebook group that is all about the nacho parenting. And some of my listeners, some of you that are tuning in, you may be a part of this group. And you know what? It's not a shame on you or deal. However, it does have, I believe, about 25 to 26,000 members, which is insane. You know, it's great to have a resource available 
to step parents so that they have some insight as to some of the things that they are facing. They can connect with people that are going through the same things. There can be a bit of foresight provided for new step parents. But again, this concept of not my kid, not my problem for 26,000 step parents, in my opinion, is a huge issue. So again, I'm going to read the description of this group. Bear with me. It's it's ridiculous. <laughs> Honestly, it is ridiculous. I'm going to go ahead and start reading it. it. It begins. Nacho Kids works by allowing the step parent to step back and the bio parent to step up. In turn, the step parent is not parenting or disciplining the kids. You refer the kids to bio parent when they ask you something. You don't do homework or chore reminders if those things cause you stress and conflict with the stepkid. If they don't do homework or chores, the bio parent needs to handle it and be worried about it, not you. Basically, the things that cause you and the kids conflict, you put back on the bio parent. This will also help the bio parent and the stepkids learn to appreciate the things you do decide to do for them. You are there to help your significant other if they ask. You are not there to take over his parenting responsibilities. Wow. So this only applies, apparently, if the bio parent is male. (laughs) It continues. There are key things you have to remember while not showing. Another just a creative way to deliver the nacho parenting title, not showing. Let's keep going. It's not easy to step back, but the overall impact on the family can be great. Exclamation point. The main idea of Nacho Kids is to disengage, then re-engage in a different role than the traditional step-parent role. Being a step-parent is not traditional by any means, so I'm not sure what they're referring to. Let's keep reading. You treat them as you would a friend's kid. The method is fluid as our needs change over time and every situation is different. So some things may not apply to some. When you disengage and step back emotionally, you free yourself from the anxiety of things you cannot change and have no control over. End quotation. That is the description of this group. It is essentially saying that if there are any stressors, if there is any conflict and this applies pretty much solely to male bio parents. So this is a group of about 25,000 females, apparently, which is great, but also scary. I'm sure there are men that have spoken out before in the group and just got obliterated for whether having an opinion that wasn't, you know, a part of the popular understanding of approaching step parenting hood or not showing rather and just got totally obliterated just just castrated amongst the group of of nachoers and for those that are part of this group honestly i think they deserve like a nacho placard of some kind and i honestly this is my conviction these people should have a unique parking spot in front of all establishments and grocery stores because this is not something that should be done privately. You know, when you see someone walking around with a cane or a limp or something like that, you know that this person is likely handicapped. So let's go ahead and accommodate 
this individual, so that's a bit easier for them to make it inside the store. I feel like the same thing should apply to, to nachos. I feel like they should have a unique parking spot that allows for them to just express to the world their approach to parenting. This is, yes, I am legally the parent. I am a step-parent. I've assumed the role. I'm married to this individual who is a biological parent to this child, but I reject them (laughs) because of stressors and conflict that may exist in my role. Okay, okay, (laughs) I'll back off. I will stop. I'm obviously venting a little bit, but you heard, you like, you read that description and there are thousands upon thousands of other people that have also read the description as to what this group consists of, what its heart is and what its approach to step parenting is. And honestly, I mourn for those step parents that have wanted to genuinely step into the role, assume the role, be faithful with it. And maybe they found themselves in a moment of struggle and need for help, insight. And yes, the information and resources available to step parents is growing, but the support is still limited. The resources are still limited. So when someone comes across this group and this understanding, there can be the assumption that this is the way to go. This is the way to step parent. A lot of us have stumbled into a group like this, and these were the only collection of people that can relate to us in any capacity. So there are so many people that I believe have become victim to this mindset, this understanding, this approach to nacho parenting as if it's the way to go. Let's go ahead and revisit that description. It was it was ridiculous. It literally says the things that cause you and the kids conflict you put back on the bio parent that that sounds like parenting <laughs> to me. It, but one of my big problems is that the nacho thing applies to step parents It's something that we feel is only available to us and it functions as a sca- scapegoat. But I am both a biological parent. I am also a step parent. I am a guardian as well. I am a collection of those things. And guess what? All of these people cause me stress. (laughs) All of these people present some form of conflict in my life. That's just that is a part of parenting. And any parent that pays a little bit of attention knows that when a child is in distress, when a child has an attitude, when a child is experiencing frustration and they are projecting frustration around them, what do they need the most? They need a stable parent to come into that situation and to provide some guidance, some instruction, some empathy and some correction as well. So as a step parent to say, you know what, whenever I feel a, a, an inkling of stress within me, whenever that's presented, when I am encountering this child, if it's anything less than blissful, then I am not dealing with this person. I am going to put it back on him. And you know what? (laughs) That the him part, as far as you are not there to take over his responsibilities, it doesn't say his or hers. It says his. That is a sign that this group may not have been established in good faith. Maybe somebody was a little hurt. I don't know. I'm thinking, you know, I'm thinking at least half of this group. And I feel like that is throwing them a bone. 
I, I think that's a little bit of an underestimation, but I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if half of this group are legit, just hurt people, people that have experienced a ton of hurt, whether by their spouse, the children, the ex, just the circumstance that the blended family presents. I think this is a collection. It could be of a, a lot of hurt people. And I know that there is a spectrum when it comes to the nacho parenting, or at least that is the heart of it. And again, for some of you that are, whether a part of a group such as this, you're a part of this exact group, or this is a concept you've adopted, I thank you for listening up to this point and being patient with me. But I acknowledge that there is a spectrum for many. It's not just this outright rejection, not my kid, not my problem. And we're going to get into that a bit later. But I just want to outright debunk this concept and this approach to being a step parent. The the nacho thing is totally thrown out the window. If this is our conviction, then everything is conditional. Our marriage is conditional. Our role as a step parent is conditional and our family will suffer or be at the mercy of those conditions. And in an environment where we want to move closer and closer to unconditional love, affection and support of one another in our space, in our family, in our home. And, you know, the hope is that we only have one shot at this. We have one shot at family. Nobody wants several shots at this. No one wants multiple uh, or a single divorce, let alone coming together and departing or separating time after time. We get one shot at this. So the hope is to move toward unconditional love and affection for our family. That's what we want to create in our space. And when we're doing the whole conditional thing, there's just no way that we can achieve that. Now, before I get into why people nacho become a a nacho step parent, I want to address some of the outliers. Again, there is a spectrum. There are extreme scenarios that I believe function as outliers that not necessarily legitimize the nachoing approach, but you would almost understand why somebody would resort to such a perspective or an approach to their role, their family, their marriage, all of the above. There are a few outliers and they're extreme because I feel like nacho wing is, is extreme. So I believe assuming that position would require extreme circumstance. One outlier, in my opinion, would be if you came into a relationship with somebody you dated, you did the whole courtship thing, you were diligent, you learned as much as you could, you did your homework and you felt as if you were you knew who you were marrying. You were on the same page. Your expectations were set up in such a way that you guys were likely to succeed. And then on the other side of marriage, you realize that this person is a medically diagnosed sociopath. Like this person has been lying to you from day one. They are a compulsive liar. They tricked you. They duped you. The life that they lived, they had the expectations, all of the above was a facade and it was an entrapment. And this person is a medically diagnosed sociopath. 
you were legit deceived every step of the way until he put a ring on it. She put a ring on it. And then you just realize who is this person? And this is not like a five years down the line, the progressive, oh, this person's kind of changing. No, this person is a deliberate, hard stop sociopath. That's one outlier. And another outlier would be the child that is present, one of the children, whatever the case. But this child is literally impossible to raise because they have a diagnosable behavioral disorder. And it's like this is just it's not possible. And this is something that you had a level of understanding of because, again, you were diligent during the dating and the parent communicated, hey, my child has this stuff going on. Maybe I don't understand it fully, but this is present. And while dating, you were around it. You witnessed it. Just the disorder of behavior, the acting out, whatever the case. And it was extreme. And you thought that you could assume the role and be of help, of support and try your best to make the difference in the life of this child and create this support system that could provide some help and remedy whatever this child is experiencing. But you came to a point and understanding that this this is just this is not something that is likely to change by any means that you can provide. And it's just something that has endured for five, 10 years or something like that. And it's just beating you down and you just have to take a step back. And again, this is not just like erratic or poor behavior or whatever the case, because guess what? Children on the other side of divorce or separation between parents or just that are have lived in a disordered environment, they are going to act out. They are going to have some behavioral issues. It's almost a natural thing. But this person in question, the child in question has a diagnosable behavioral disorder and it's absolutely overwhelming. That would, you know, also potentially qualify somebody as a nacho parent and the third outlier is upon getting married again the, the just diligence during the dating understanding the scope of the situation what has transpired what is gaining an expectation of what's to come but immediately after getting married or soon after the ex the your significant others former partner the other mother or father absolutely flipped out when you guys got married and she or he made it their life's mission to absolutely make you miserable. And they do this whether through manipulating the child, the extreme forms of parental alienation, the mental and psychological abuse of the child. Maybe this person leaves dead birds in front of your door from time to time. But an extreme case of the ex flipping out upon marriage. And I say upon marriage because the ex should be informed well before marriage and the relationship becomes official as far as the seriousness of your dating. And this is, again, something I'm going to get into in the next episode as far as how to avoid becoming a nacho parent. But it has much to do with preparation. And if you notice, all of those outliers are extreme. Again, because nacho parenting is extreme and you run into unexpected circumstances, just situations that you couldn't possibly prepare for. It was abrupt 
or again, when it comes to the child and their behavioral disorders, it's just something that remained extreme for a long time, a very long time. Those, I believe, are the outliers. Outside of that, you are a parent that unfortunately, yes, you are facing things that are difficult for anybody. Step parents in particular have some unique challenges, but you are also just a parent. You're also just experiencing things that parents experience. Therefore, assuming this position of not my kid, not my problem, everything is going to be on the plate of the bio parent. It's it's crap. I'm sorry. That's just what it is. So for those of you that are still listening, (laughs) that are still tuning in, thank you. I really do appreciate it. And I want you to share this with the world. I am typically passionate about the subjects that I cover, but for some reason, this is something I I don't know when the last time I was this riled up. And I think it's because addressing this topic is necessary. It really is. So we're going to get into why people start nachoing. Why do you nacho? These are a few of the more popular reasons. And I'll start with the parental conflict and that being a conflict between you and your spouse. And this concerns just the expectation that you guys have, the roles in which you expected to function, the roles that you are functioning in right now that are not conducive for your relationship, whether between yourself, between yourself and the stepchild and just the family is essentially out of sync. And I will say that this is a real issue and it's a popular one. It is one of the more important because if you've listened to any of my previous episodes, you know my heart concerning the marriage relationship. It is something that is supposed to be so united and in sync. And if not, if that is not the case, if you guys do not have each other's back, then things are going to fall apart. You don't have a foundation. And if the compassion necessary to support one another is not there, then we have a huge problem. For instance, if you go to your spouse and you say, hey, this is my experience. I'm having a hard time with this thing. And if it's not if it's done in a a fashion that's not super over the top and dramatic and they can't empathize with you, if they don't have the compassion concerning what you're going through, then you have a problem like that's supposed to exist within that marital relationship. That is an essential component. If my wife comes to me and I can't hear her heart and I have no desire to provide remedy concerning what she's going through or a bit of an answer or to provide a little bit of relief, we have a problem. And I'll say that a lot of step parents, you don't have a step parenting problem. You have a marriage problem. And if you have a marriage problem, then there are cracks in your armor and those will be easily penetrated by those children. (laughs) They are. You know what? It, It comes with the territory. Kids can be a source of stress, even when things are perfect, even when marriage is great and you guys are solid. Guess what? These kids will cause stress. But imagine doing or feeling as if you're doing things alone and those same stressors arise. You feel like you're alone in it. You feel like you're isolated. You feel like you everything is on your plate and therefore you just want to relinquish. You want to give up. You want to throw in the towel and you want to put everything back on the biological parent because apparently that is 
his problem. <laughs> and I'll say that the parental conflict also includes the ex or the exes that are involved. Got to be in, on the same page all the more when approaching the exes, how to handle them, uh, their intrusion, their involvement when the kids are in your custody and how things are handled uh, just all around. It requires being in unison, a firm front, a unified front in order to handle all this stuff. So the intrusion of an ex, the invasion of privacy, if you guys are on the same page when that happens, it's all good. As inconvenient as they that may be, because we're together in this, because we have the same expectations, we're going to handle things in a certain way, we desire a certain outcome for the child in question, then we can weather this storm. But that's the first one, the parental conflict. And the second one as to why people nacho is the lack of influence or connection with the child. And this is a popular experience in the life of a step parent. There are just times that we are going to feel the absence of connection because we don't have that biological predisposition or we haven't been in their lives since day one. And being part of raising someone who is like nine years old or older is no easy thing. These people have their conceptions concerning life, concerning adults, their peers. There's just an understanding as to how things should go. So your presence, whether things were done diligently and carefully and patiently, it's abrupt no matter what. So there will be conflict. Or let me actually say there is very likely to be conflict because there are the unicorn step parents that, you know what, they connect with their stepkids and things are well. Things are really good. Things are pretty seamless, ultimately. But there are likely to be some butting of heads moments where there is conflict. And it's important that we take that conflict through our parent filter, not our step parent filter, because when we put the step parent hat on for our step kids and then the biological parent hat on for our bio kids, we're two different people. We're not supposed to have it both ways. That's just like a nuclear family, a traditional family without the whole step parenting factor. If that parent puts on my this is my favorite kid hat and this is my least favorite kid hat that, that you can't do that. You can't do that. You approach these people, these human beings from your role as a parent. And regardless of whether you have more room and more influence and you are more connected with one opposed to the other, you function within whatever limitations are provided in either of those relationships. And I totally acknowledge that there are fairly extreme cases. Obviously, the more extreme situation is what I referenced earlier is the the diagnosable behavioral issues with the child. But there is the behaving spitefully and deliberately not following simple instructions, going to the other parent to affirm your instruction as if they don't value the words that come out of your mouth. And again, that goes back to a parenting conflict more so than an influential conflict with your child. Because again, if you guys are on the same page, the influence over child will come. 
but that may exist in your space. Or maybe there's like the disrespect, which consists of the name calling, the damaging of property and potentially in more out of hand cases, there may be physical violence. And that's when we're starting to approach the behavioral issues that are much more than just a kid having a fit or an attitude from time to time. And I'll tell you what, all of those things, the three things that I just listed, I experienced with my six-year-old in this last week. And that's my, that's my biological kid. This is not just a step parenting thing. Are you more likely to experience it as a step parent? Yeah, very likely. But these things still exist as a parent. And what do you do? You try to have empathy, you try to have patience, and you try to exercise some understanding. And there does come a point where there is a correction that needs to take place, aka, I will snatch you up, bro. I will snatch your little butt up if you proceed in this direction. If you want to go there, (laughs) let's go there. And this is something that parents experience. Conflict exists within this role. And the last one is what it all comes down to as far as why people nacho. And that is self-preservation when it comes to parenting, marriage, family. Functioning in our role is a selfless act. We do receive reward. We oftentimes reap what we sow. And if we sow what is good and what is right, and not all things that are good are right, by the way, there are a bunch of step parents out there. And I believe there are a ton of step parents that are in that group that I had referenced earlier that have sowed what is good, but they haven't sowed what is right and what is necessary for that situation. If we're just focused on doing good and trying to appease people and make people happy, then we're likely not doing what is necessary and what will move us toward functioning as we should as a family unit. I feel like that is an important thing to mention. But back to the point. Yes, the hope is that we'll sow good and reap some of that back, but that's not what it's about. This is a selfless approach to these relationships. However, if we approach any of these relationships and specifically our role as a step parent with conditions, then we fall back into selfishness. So we are opposing the way in which we're called to function in these roles. And that's just what it is, guys. This is a selfless act of love and service. I know many uh, people are getting married and coming into the relationships because this person makes them feel good and they are extremely just excited and hopeful for the future. And those things are not bad. But if we derive our purpose, if we derive our affirmation from feeling good and from the affirmation, uh, the exchange of affirmation between these people that we do relationship and family with, then it's just not going to work. These very important commitments require selflessness. So if we're all about avoiding conflict, any discomfort, and if we are totally against all forms of rejection and the situations that will produce these things, we will essentially preserve ourselves. We'll fall back into this state of selfishness, self-preservation and protection. And then we will in turn reject these very important commitments and aspects of our life. Imagine if someone actually lived 
or functioned according to that description that I read earlier of that group, Uh, a person, an adult, a parental figure, a literal step parent that every time the kid asked the question or brought an issue to their attention and they just said, go ask the other parent. Or if there was a moment of conflict and they are completely, they choose to be oblivious to the situation, totally ignore it. This parent quite literally tattletales on the kid to the other spouse in front of them. And on the other side of this, whenever things are blissful, they are in some capacity invested. So when things are good, peaceful, blissful, she or he is there presently. But when there is a degree, just a little bit of stress or conflict, they bail. What does that do for the kid? Like imagine growing up in such an environment. What do they leave that home believing about themselves, believing about the world, believing about adults and authority figures? Like there are people that function as such. And it's just such a huge problem. It's just one of the more selfish things that we can ever do in life, because I will remind those of us that are here that when we say I do, when we commit to this relationship, this marriage relationship, we are not just saying, yes, I will be a spouse. We are also saying, yes, I am going to be a parental figure in this child's life. And I totally acknowledge we have limitations when it comes to our roles, especially early on. But what we're called to do as step parents is to understand those limitations, embrace them as best we can. And then we come up with a plan both within ourselves as well as with our spouse that will allow for us to expand those boundaries and those limitations that we function within over time. And I'll refer to that description of the Nacho group one more time. I love how they told on themselves. They totally just put it out there. Um, the last sentence, uh, part of it says, You're, you free yourself from the anxiety of things you cannot change and have no control over. And one of the things that we are called to as step parents is to focus on impact opposed to meditating on the absence or the limits on our control over outcomes. Our ability to love our stepchildren in the midst of conflict as they reject us in uh, the face of complacency when they don't feel the same way about you that you do about them, that stuff long term in the in the big picture makes all the difference in their life. But if we're focused on today, and our limitations, then we are likely to fall back into self-preservation, which is a nice way of saying selfishness. And I know many people do not like the word selfishness. It feels abrasive. It feels like it's too much, but that's exactly what it's rooted in. It's rooted in selfishness where it's about me. I'm not worried about the outcome of this little person that is in my home. And if they're 14, 15, 16 years old, You know, they are a bit more responsible, obviously, but they are still a big little person that will be impacted by your efforts, whether for good or for bad. And we can say, not my kid, not my problem. Or you can take the approach of our kid, our responsibility. 
I hope you guys got something from this episode. I Forgive me for the passion. I went pretty crazy on this one. I'm very excited about the next episode. How to avoid becoming a nacho parent is only going to complement this episode beautifully. So tune in until next time, Blenders. Peace. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you heard something throughout the episode that could make all the difference. Please take a moment to subscribe so you don't miss out on any of that blended goodness. Episodes are up and running on the second and fourth Wednesday of each month. Until then, do not settle for anything less than what's possible.